Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by now. Here's JP. All right, welcome into another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show on this beautiful Tuesday morning all around Tampa. Oh, my God, driving over the bridge this morning, just fabulous. It's absolute paradise. Don't we love living here, folks? And we got lots to get to today. We're going to talk some more Bucks draft, do a little deep dive in that. We're still giving away some top golf tickets. Just uh, give us your best take on the Bucks draft. We already got some people hitting us up on Twitter, so we'll do... Uh, read some of those as well. So for for whatever your take may be, it could be funny, it could be interesting. You know, one one line, whatever. Uh, we'll pick some of those and we'll give you some top golf tickets coming up at Raymond James Stadium this weekend. Going to be really cool. Or actually, the fourth through the seventh, you can pick on when you go. Uh, hitting golf balls in the stadium. Um, Going to be fun. So we'll do that for you. We'll uh, we got to hug the Rays a little bit. We we kind of ignored them last week. You know, we had draft and lightning playoffs. We kind of Gave him a short trip, but um, not anymore. We'll hug him up as they, they open a series against the Pirates today. Yeah, as, as JR would like to say, business is about to pick up yeah, yes. with your Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, absolutely. Starting tonight against, is it, are they the second best team in baseball, the Pittsburgh Pirates? Who's JR? So, is this oh some wrestling goodness. reference Here again? Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, Jim Ross, good old, good old JR. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to hug him up. We're getting ready. We're going to beat them up a little bit, too, for their Yankees series prices. A lot of fans talking about that on, oh. on the Twitter. But we'll also – now, this is going to be a really interesting week because they've got a, they've got a really, really good baseball team coming in. And um, I'm worried about them losing games to this really, really good baseball team. And they are, they are rolling right now. And the Yankees are coming in this 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 weekend too. Yeah, but these, I'm talking about the Pirates. <laughs> the Pirates are a good baseball team right say, now. They're twenty and nine. The Yankees, eh? These aren't your daddy's. We got Yankees. the weak sisters coming in this weekend. No judge. They're bare, are they even five hundred? Are they they're still over five hundred? I know they've lost four in a row. They are fifteen and fifteen. Mediocre. Last place in the AL East. How is Brian Cashman holding on to his job? Well, how long has he been there, spending billions of dollars and winning nothing? What? I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, possible? It's, it's great if you're a Rays fan. I know. Keep that guy in the yeah. chair as long no, as you can. We love him. And we they love got, him. They got like 20 guys on the injured list. And you know what? I got no sympathy. <laughs> I got no, no sympathy because no. the Rays had to do no. the same thing last year. Yeah. And now you see the healthy Rays. Right. The, and the difference, 23 and 6. So. That's a little different. I got yeah. no sympathy for the Yankees. What I am upset about is I paid so much money for these tickets to go to the game on Saturday. Oh, no. And now I'm seeing the last place Yankees without Aaron Judge. Without all these these stars on this team, yeah, and I feel like I'm getting I'm getting gouged a little bit. Well, Stanton's on his obligatory, of course, yes. uh, IL stint of the season. So no Judge, no Stanton, no Judge, no Stanton. It's a long list of guys. So their 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 payroll on the bench is about five times what the Rays' active payroll is. Like seriously. Well, if you seriously. just put Judge and Stanton together, yeah. you've already surpassed it. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. So uh, we'll hug up the Rays a little bit. There was some interesting NBA action last night. I watched I watched with amazement the Joker. Because, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of full NBA games. You know, I was doing some work last night, so I popped it on after the Devils uh, dispatched the blue shirts, <laughs> which was just lovely to see. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye, Rays. The only thing would have been better if that was an MSG. Um, so they're out as well. 
boy, the NHL playoffs. Who are these Absolutely people? nuts this yeah. season. Yeah. Who we got? Panthers, Toronto. Panthers, Toronto, Carolina. Devils. And Devils in the east. Right. And in the west, you got Edmonton, Dallas, Vegas, and Seattle. Yeah. The west is actually a little bit more interesting. The east is just kind of, eh. East is wide open. Really east is wide, wide open. Wide open. <laughs> east is wide open. So, uh, lots to get into. But I was watching the Joker. And, you know, I've seen his game over the years. It's it's just it's fun to watch. I like Barkley said last night. He's like, you know, man, you just got to hand it to that guy. He ain't spectacular, but man, he he balls out. He balls out. He does it all. He's an MVP. We'll find out today. I think Embiid's going to get it, but um, I don't think he should. Because based on what I saw yesterday yeah. from James Harden, I ain't giving Embiid the MVP. No, <laughs> no. It's a, but but the Joker. It just he, you can't. It's like there's nothing you can do against that He's guy. He's one of one. He's one of one. He can't jump a lick, but he doesn't have to. He's just this seven-foot gigantic man. When he lifts his arms up, you can't block the shot. It's like Kareem Skyhook. You can't block it. He just turns around. He can three it. He can elbow it. He can fade away. He can jump hook it. Oh, and, uh, and all, all the time he's holding the ball up here just watching guys run to the – and throwing oh, and by passes. the way, I'm saying he's one of the best passers of the generation. Unbelievable! It's just it's just like this big galoot who's just it's so talented and sees the game so well. He's like a wizard out there. He's like it just he's like Tim Duncan on steroids. I feel like yeah, he's like adds like the he adds he extra, so much better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He adds extra elements to his game that Duncan didn't have. But yeah. I feel like he's like this generation's but version. Thirty nine and sixteen last night. He almost had like. 40% of their points. It wasn't a high-scoring yeah. game. What did I tell you about the Phoenix Suns, by the way? Yeah, you're right. They had four points from their bench last night. What did I tell four you? Four points. They got two good players. Yeah. And you keep trying to talk to me about DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. By the, by the advanced metrics, there's like 72 players that qualify to be graded. It's yeah. where he ranks. Yeah. 72. 72, wow. Of all the players in the playoffs in when, regards to efficiency on the floor, he stinks. When he, can, <laughs> when he wants to play, he's got all the skills and, and can be a player. But he, he, even him, he, he's what, seven foot, 230, 240? Yeah. He's just dwarfed by Joker. He doesn't play like it. Yeah. yeah no. and, and, and KD also has been crap. Yeah. Absolute crap. I, I would, you know, he used to be a transcendent playoff player where he just could go for 40 anytime, get his shot anytime he wants, score at will. Those days are gone. Yeah, it's Devin Booker. Those days are and gone. can somebody please make a shot along with me, please? Yeah. And uh, uh, KCP stepped up last night big time. Um, they, they hitting big shots. This it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, end of the NBA. And now you got tonight. You got Steph and LeBron going back at Oof. it for the fifth time. God, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I haven't been so excited for an NBA game in, in so long. I feel yeah. like that's a lot of star power. They're gonna have all the accoutrement is going to be out tonight. Oh my God, all the stars, all the everybody want to be seen. That that part of the NBA that just like, ugh, you know, that but that's uh, it's going to be a, a spectacle. It's going to be a spectacle. So some interesting things going on in sports right now, and we'll uh, we'll we'll cover it all for you today. But we wanted to kind of dive in on the breaking news. It's actually not too much breaking news. We told you all of this yesterday for the most part. Um, you know, a little bit of inkling on what we we'd hear today. The Lightning are doing their uh, exit interviews, and this is you know has become the it's like the schedule reveal now. It's the injury reveal. What are the guys been playing with uh, in the in the postseason and all season? And as expected, Chernak has a severe concussion. 
Um, Braden Point had broken ribs, which we kind of told you yesterday. Um, that hit, those two, and I, that's what I said yesterday. Those two hits changed the series. Those two dirty hits. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it. And like Point, this. Point said he didn't think it was a dirty hit at all. But well, they're they're workout buddies. What's he gonna say? Yeah. Go look at the tape. It's a dirty hit. I mean, I, 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 I when I slow when I slowed it down, it's like he get he's going down. His head is leading right. Yeah. And I know it's split second stuff. And I'm not. Little, I'm not we're looking nudge. at a slow mo. There's there's not a little nudge. There's two hands pushing. It's not okay. It wasn't slam. It was, but it was okay. Are you going? Well, let me just help you a little bit here, which is so dangerous. And I'm sure. I'm sure Riley feels very bad about it. I'm sure he feels very bad about it. And in a moment, he probably went, damn, I didn't mean to do that. But you did it. You did it. It's physical hockey. It's the playoffs. I get it. It, 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 But that was a dirty hit. And it was a penalty. And it should have been the five-minute major that they said it was in the beginning. I, I don't know how you go and replay that and say, okay, no, now that I've looked at it, it looks a little bit better. And if you want to point out a singular moment where the series was dramatically impacted it was not getting that five minute major right before that right and obviously before that the goal that was disallowed a point to make it four to two mm-hmm. right because maybe they don't end up blowing that lead and you go up two to one and we're talking a completely it's a totally different, different deal it's a totally but, and I, again i don't want to sit here and bitch about the refs and say the refs cost us that series but just as you perfectly explained right there that was a convergence of two calls and don't forget the other earlier call in the game which it was clearly a goal that they disallowed and then had to go back and with the obvious replay showing it was a goal. Yeah. I mean, it was a wreck. It, it they were they were bad calls and they all went against the Lightning. Yeah, and it was this it, but it sums up the entire series. Yeah. When it comes to calls, puck luck, everything. Everything. Everything, everything. to me the Lightning just it couldn't was like get it. The either either the hockey gods or the people in Toronto were just saying enough of you. Enough of you guys in yeah. Tampa. We've had enough of you. We know you're, you're probably the better team here, but we're just done with it, you. It is a tough pill to swallow, though. It really is for two straight years because I mean, they had to go on the whole run last year without Braden Point. That's right. And we've had this discussion, given the way Braden Point played this year and how important he was, and I think he was the best player for the Lightning this He season. had 51 goals. I think, I mean, <laughs> again, it's revisionist history. I hate to bring up the past, but if he plays in the Colorado series, maybe that's different. Who yes. knows? Yes. And, have, and then for him to get hurt in game three, and, you know, I said he was probably playing towards 60%. It might have been even lower than that, to yeah. be honest. He couldn't, he, he couldn't absorb any contact I mean, whatsoever. Broken with, ribs during a, yeah. a grueling taxing series that was really physical. Yeah. He couldn't really get involved. The top line was a no-show because you got one-third of it, and the most important piece to that line, I'd argue, yeah. that just could not play up to his standard. Right. So it's a tough pill to swallow. It's two consecutive years well, where your best player is just take, a, 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 a non-factor. Let's take Marner and Riley out. How are they doing? Not great. Not great. Not great. And and let's not forget the Chernak. That's as dirty a hit as you, you're going to get. Yeah. So two dirty hits change the series. I think if that's a narrative, that's a narrative. Two dirty hits and some questionable officiating. And the... And can you say the lightning missed opportunities? Yeah, but this was going to be a close series. You make the, that many dramatic moments impacting the series, you're not going to win. You're not because crazy things are going to happen, like losing three overtime games at home. You know, the game three they should they should have won. The game that game should have you know they should have won the game. Yeah, 
I mean, they still got nobody to blame for themselves, honestly. For, for the least those two games, they still have nobody to blame with themselves. They still had enough there and played well enough to win those games. And they couldn't close, which is something we've never seen from this team before. Right. So given well, everything... not having Chernak... Yeah, I know, given all the factors... That in, a, I, in a major way. I agree with you, but yeah. you still got to close. You still got to close in the big moments, so... It's just a lot of everything, right? It, these are a lot not of, excuses. A lot of They're reasons. reasons. Exactly. They're reasons. They're reasons for lost. things happening. And, right. I'll, and I'll tell you what kind of scares me a little bit about the Lightning moving forward. I think they've played well enough to show me that their window was still open, but I thought this was interesting, and I heard this yesterday. Teams that have gone on these dynastic runs, I guess, if you want to call them, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's a great word, dynastic. I love that word. Well done. Love well that done. word. Um, how they fared after winning their last Stanley Cup or anything. In Chicago in 2015, when they beat the Lightning, guess how many playoff series they've won after that? How many? Zero. How about that? The Penguins won two in a row in 2016 and 2017. Guess mm-hmm. how many playoff series they've won since? None? One. One? One. Okay. The Capitals in 2018. Guess how many playoff series they've won after that? Zero. Wow. The St. Louis Blues in 2019. Guess how many they've won after that? Zero. Nothing. Nada. There's some history here showing that these teams that finally get it done or go on these, like, really good runs and stuff like that, it comes a time where it just – there's a brick wall that just comes out of nowhere and stops them. Now, I'd argue the Lightning are in a little bit different situation from those teams, and I'll just compare them to Pittsburgh where their entire core got older together – and the Lightning's core is considerably younger now than Pittsburgh was even back then, mm-hmm. right? Right. And also, you take into account that those front offices have kind of been a mess. Yep. Chicago, yeah. Pittsburgh, I argue Washington to an extent, where it's the Lightning great, it's a great observation. Where the Lightning have really good stability with Julian Brisebois, who's a very strategic GM and is trying to keep them afloat. Maybe the situation's a little different, but I found that very interesting, though, that I saw that, that these teams, for whatever reason, and now you got to go throw Colorado in there. Now they, can't, they couldn't win a playoff series. So there's a streak going back here now, a long time, of teams that win the Stanley Cup not being able to follow through on it. Well, And that's why this run is so amazing. It's an outlier. It's an outlier. And it's not just coming back and winning a couple series. They won a cup. Yeah. They won a cup. And went to another. And then went to the final again. Yeah, so they're already basically the outlier in that whole equation. But you just have to wonder now that they've got, they dropped in the first round, Mm -hmm. where can they come back from this? Because we know the Eastern Conference is going to be even better next year, and points are going to be hard to come by in the the Atlantic uh, specifically, right? Yep. So, I mean, you're going to expect a little regression from Boston, yeah, but I think every other team in the Atlantic is going to take a step up next year, so... The Lightning, and, they, and this is an offseason that they have not had. I mean, I know they've had to deal with a lot of exits, but just for future stability, this is the last year of Stamkos' contract. We don't know what's going on with Alex Kalorn. The bottom six has got to be remaked a little bit. Yep. There's a lot of questions around this team going into this summer. And they don't have a lot of draft capital to trade. They don't have a lot of draft capital to get good players. They're not going to be drafting in a position where they're going to get any impact players. It's, it's, you know, there's a few pieces down at Syracuse, but... Um, even that's dwindled a little bit. I'm trying to think who's down there. Bob Although Boulay that team, down there. that team continues yeah. to win, though. Exactly, exactly. That's and that's a great sign. You know, we because you don't see guys coming. We didn't see Darren Radish coming like this. We didn't see Perbix coming like this. No, and those two guys have really helped out yeah, because that's we would a tremendous. We would have told you going in the off season, okay, they've got to fix this this defense right. pair. Yeah. But now they got five guys that yeah. I think you can roll with, and Absolutely. now you really only got to you only got to find one more guy. Absolutely. So. 
I, I think th- those two those two developments, but they've got to – you want AC, – AC Mon, I think, is going to be good. And I think Tanner Janot is going to be good. I think he's going to be a good player. You don't score 24 goals in your rookie season and then just fall off the mat. But what he's got – we watched – he's going to become a better skater here. The Lightning make these players better. They just do. They become better in this system. They're a lot like the Rays, right? They're, they bring, bring guys in and they become better than they were before. But, you know, whether it's the skating coaches that we hear so much about – uh, the structure, the the culture that's here, they they become better players. So we expect that to happen. You know, Stamkos, maybe he's got a couple, you know, three, four more good years in him. The way he keeps his body in shape as hard as he works, um, I I don't think that's. You look around the league. There's there's guys that play that that long into their, you know, Kucherov's in his prime, Sergey's in his prime, Hedman's got some good years left, Vassy's in his prime still. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing to. The sky is not falling. Yeah. I, if you sit here and tell me that, like the Blues, that the Lightning aren't going to win a series for the next three years, I'll tell you out of your freaking mind. Same thing with, with these other franchises that you just mentioned. That's not happening to the Lightning. That's not happening to the Lightning. And maybe because they have the stability and goal. Maybe because they have stability in coaching, stability all the way around. A lot of these other teams, I mean, you look at uh, Calgary. Uh, you know, they win the Pacific last year. They lose this year. They fire their coach. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it, it, it's a lot of knee-jerk. We didn't fire John Cooper when he got swept by Columbus. We didn't do that. That would have been stupid. Uh, but other teams seem to do this crap all the, all the time. And then they just kind of start over again, you know, whereas the Lightning, are, the Lightning aren't going to panic because they got ousted in the first round. They're not firing John Cooper and getting rid of everybody. Yeah, that's why the, Rangers, the Rangers are going to the next team up now. It's yeah. like they're probably calling for a Gallant's job now. Exactly. You know, and that's just stupid. Is, there's a lot of things because, especially when you look at this this series, was it John? Did John Cooper do something wrong? Did, was this team not fast no. enough? To, to quote Steven team, Stamkos this morning when he was speaking, uh, we did the right things for 95 percent of this series. Right, and that's hockey. That's hockey. Just hockey. You, you and you want to you want to blow things up like some of these other teams do because just hockey. I mean, no, you, that's just dumb. But thank God Jeff Finnick's not dumb, and he understands this game and how it works and, and certainly uh breeze bois does as well but there's you know for the lightning to get back to that level i think breeze bois has got to reach into that magic hat and pull something out i don't know what it is i don't know who it is it may be a scoring forward that we don't know about he's got to find a way to get another 20 30 goal scorer that may be able to take over for Stamkos coming in. There, he needs to find another Braden well, Point. He needs to find another Sorelli. Who's and that I, guy? And I told you to this too, by the way, before we went to the postseason. And now it's you know it's easy to say it again now after what happened, a first round exit. But this, I would not call this a a great year for Julian Brisebois by any means. There was a lot of miscalc. There was some mis. Let me just be honest. I mean, there was miscalculations on the guys that he brought in. When you go up and down of who he brought in last year with what he had to work with, Vlad Nemesnikov was a was a bust. It's a whiff. Ian Cole was a whiff. It's a whiff. Bogosian a whiff. Hayden Flurry a whiff. Philip Myers a whiff. None of those guys impacted your decor at all in a positive way. In fact, it was the exact opposite. That's fair. Uh, the Genoa trade, whatever you want to look at it at the moment, the jury is still out on that one. That mm-hmm. was a big swing, and he's probably the only GM in the league that was going to take that swing. Okay, I'm right? fine with it. So I got to see they what say happens the same there. Same thing about Goudreau. The only the, same, to me same thing about Coleman. To me, if you want to just two cups later, I know that. But if you want to look at the uh, the acquisitions and the moves he made this year, the only one that I think you, you got good value for was probably Mikey Asamont. 
yeah. for the short time that he was here. I mean, you can maybe can you, can you add Perbix to that a little bit because he was kind of a I don't know if he was really the plan for him to he kind of just earned his way into the lineup at the beginning right. of the year. Right. Yeah, I don't know if you give well. Obviously, if if you'd have told if he if Breezeball would have recognized that Perbix and Radish and this is a big you know reach, we're going to be this. He wouldn't have spent money on those other guys. Probably, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. But that's, you know, it, look, as far as I'm concerned, you fielded a, a, a really good hockey team this year. You went into the first round against a team that had 111 points in Toronto mm-hmm. that traded their entire franchise. They got six guys. They're going all in. And you were the better team. You were the better team. You should be sitting there playing Florida right now, looking at another conference final. Think about that. Think about playing Florida right now, where you would have home ice advantage as well. I mean, and the Lightning... They should have won the series in five, maybe, you know, six at the latest. And we should still be talking about it and still be enjoying hockey, if not for a couple of dirty hits and some really bad puck luck. I mean, that's how it rolls. That's, that's how it that's rolls my, in the playoffs. That's my narrative. That's you how it goes. problem with that? Let's go. Come at me. Come at me. <laughs> that's just how it goes it's in the playoffs. Really bad it's officiating, like, you jerks. It's just how it goes in the playoffs. Like, nothing should surprise you anymore. No. Given how these series go. Like, am I that surprised that, like, Boston got knocked out in the in round one by Florida. I, I mean, I kind of went into the series and I told you, I said, Florida has a shot in this. They have a shot in this. And they played really well in game one. All they needed was breaks to go their way, i.e. Bergeron missing four games with a herniated disc. Mm-hmm. That kind of opened it up a little bit for, for, uh, for Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. You get hot at the right time. Seattle, same thing with Colorado. They got some really good breaks. I don't know if anything Bobrovsky, surprises me. Bobrovsky is just... Yeah, so <laughs> I, that guy now. I just don't know if anything surprises me more in the playoffs. I mean, the Lightning played as good as you possibly could and went home in six. The Rangers, on the mean, on meanwhile, played as, probably as poor as you could in a series, and that somehow went to seven games, and they had a chance to win the series. Boy, they played. Um, that did not look like a seventh game effort from the Rangers last night. Every game they played after game two, there wasn't any effort. Or just the Devils are so much faster than them and made them look silly. They're they're in trouble right now because the Rangers were in all were in win all now mode, right. right? Yeah. The Devils, meanwhile, were like a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. And you couldn't beat them now. When are you going to beat them? Right. It ain't happening. Yeah. And, and Patty Kane, by the way. Whew, yeah. What a what a failure. We for months, right? Where he basically forced his way to to New York. Kind of sabot. Kind of. I think he left Chicago. Kind of weird. I think it was the whole weird transition there out of Chicago and into New York. It I didn't, agree it with didn't that. feel right. right. And then he goes to, you know, uh, to New York and he was completely a non-factor in the series. So was Tarasenko and yeah. they spent all that capital to get these guys. It didn't work out. So now I have questions about New York long term. I think they've injured themselves long term. I think with the what they've given up. And you could say somewhat about the Lightning, but I don't see the core in New York like you have the core in Tampa moving forward. You don't see that. I mean, okay. they still have it. You Panarin, Panarin, Zabanejad, yeah. uh, Adam Fox is, I think, the best defenseman in the league at the moment. And then you got Shosturkin and Nett. So you yeah. still have the DNA there. But they're young guys. I mean, they, they had a first overall pick in Alexis Lafreniere and a second overall yeah. pick in Capo Caco. And they haven't developed. Lafreniere, no. by the no. way, seven games, you nine shots, and zero points. You've got to hit on those guys. Yeah, and then they, gotta, those yeah. are the big questions with them right now. Yeah. Yeah, the Lightning have hit on theirs. You know, Stamkos has had a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vasilevsky, what was what the ninth overall pick? He maybe nineteen. He maybe was nineteen. Nineteenth. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And you contrast that to New Jersey, they had the number one pick twice in the past six years, yeah. and that and turned and out to Hughes. be Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Ding, ding. Slam dunks. Ding, ding. Yeah. So, look, the Lightning's future is bright. We get any other information. So Chernak, Chernak concussed, um, which, you know, R.J. Martin. Hey, welcome in, R.J. Martin. How are you? Um, agree with this. I think there should be. Let me just go ahead and put you up on the stream, R.J. Martin. Agree with this. I think there should be no sense of panic with this team. And saying that, I think it's going to be JBB's toughest and most important offseason he's had yet. I would agree with that. Um, I definitely feel like Cernak being in would have also changed those late leaves comebacks. 100%. 100%. You know, Cernak is a guy that, first of all, does not back up when Nylander's coming out. <laughs> if I see that one more time, man. I mean, me and Chief are just like, what are we doing? Like the times that we backed up, oh, at the blue line. Well, you just you ugh. just can't give teams that much space. You, not those guys, especially Riley, who was playing like ugh. a different, completely different player in this series than I've seen him before. And again, Chernak doesn't do that. You know, he dis- dispossesses you of the puck. Yeah, and there would have been much more physical. I, they just work so much better as that that shutdown yeah. pair. Um, it was a huge loss. Yeah, a couple. I had a couple updates here going through all the, all the players that were speaking. First of all, Kalorn, his status, uh, asked if he wants to leave Tampa. He said, no, I love playing here. I love everything about Tampa. I don't want to leave. It's just you have to look at all the angles for sure to make sure you make the right decision. Right. Uh, and, again, he has, to, he has to test free agency. In other words, in other words listen, you know, if it's a difference of a million and a half AAV, two million AAV, I'm not leaving. But you got to give me something. Yeah, and JBB said it, uh, just summing it up here, he said, I know it's going to be a challenge. Uh, he wants to stay here. We love to have him here. He means so much to the organization, uh, both on the ice, but it's definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, do we have some sound there from Kalorn? Uh, the else? sound has not popped up yet because they're, they're still speaking okay. right now. This is all coming in live time right now. All right. So hopefully we might get it at the end of the towards the end of the show here. Yeah. So you have your best player in Braden Point, broken ribs. Um, also, he's you know the shoulder was also an issue. Did they mention that? Because I I'd heard that as well. That they did not mention shoulder the, popped out the shoulder for him. Back in. Uh, as you had said the other day, headman hip impingement. Hip, hip impingement. Yeah. For we've him. Known that. Yeah. Uh, I think that couldn't, was the injury. Couldn't say so. it, but we've known that. Yeah. I think that was the injury. So I think it was five guys. Yeah. Who were going through stuff. And, and by the way, a hip impingement sounds like, you know, oh, and a hip impingement. Oh, you can't, you can't skate without your hips. And, and, and if you've had a hip impingement, it's, which I've had, um, it's, it's hard to get out of bed. It really is. And what's, what's crazy, though, it's like I know it's probably hard to move, as, especially as you're describing, but I, I would have never known watching Victor Hedman in this series. Yeah. I thought he actually, this was the best hockey he played all year was in this series, to be honest. Maybe not on the score sheet. But I thought defensive impact, like I would never point to him as a problem no, for no. some of these issues. He made a lot of big plays. And I thought he was very aggressive offensively. Didn't get rewarded as much. But, you know, he was firing pucks. And, yeah, he was, he was okay. Yeah. He was probably 75 80% yeah. maybe. But. And, and I'll tell you this, too. My whole, my whole takeaway just from reading some of these quotes from Vasilevsky and Stampghost and Kucherov, they, obviously they would love to continue to keep playing hockey throughout the summer like they have been. But – the theme I'm getting is they are almost relieved to get a full summer off yeah. to get sharper. And Vasilevsky mentioned that, you know, this is going to be big for me specifically to get all this rest and I can come back next year sharper, healthy, all those things. So it might be a blessing in disguise, at least for this team right now. What, what happens, as it was explained to me um, by someone within the organization, is you get injuries on top of injuries. You get a hip impingement, right? 
it affects your knee the way you're playing. Your knee gets a little bit sore, okay, because you're, you're, you're trying to guard against the hip impingement. Then, you know, your knee, everything is connected, right? So you just, you just don't feel good. Yeah. So in the off, I think what they're talking about is we can get everything healed and start fresh and then go. So you're not like, you know, 80 – a lot of these guys are from early in the season too when I think Hedman sustained this injury. You're just chasing it all year long. Yeah. You're just never good enough as you need to be to win a Stanley or, Cup to be at the top of your level. So, yeah, these guys, I, I think after the, the initial disappointment – and I, I'm big in the subconscious mind and things that, you know, are out in the, out in the universe – and I think to some degree, and we talked a little bit about this, they had played so much hockey, and they kind of you kind of knew in your heart through the whole season that they were gliding to get to the, you know, they were kind of, you know, I love this, this analogy we've talked about in terms of a marathon. You know, they were just running in the pack, you know, and they're, with their hip impingement and their broken <laughs> ribs, and they're just, and they're moving along, and they're like, okay, we're going to get to, we're going to get to the playoffs, all right, we're good, we know who we're going to play, let's just going to kind of chill here and get ready for Toronto because I'm going to have a kick, man. And I'm when we get to the playoffs, I'm going to give it all I got. And that's, that's, that's our strategy. We're, that last you know, three, four miles, we're going to be ready, as ready as we can be. And then you get in the slog, and it's like, oh, we just lost Chernak, man. Oh, points got broken ribs. Okay, let's go. Let's go. And maybe those late-game collapses are just part of your subconscious mind going, I need a rest. You know, you're just, your whole body is not all in. You're not, you know, focused on the cup and I got to, you know, I got to get that ring. I got to get that cup. I'm, it just, it's just a different mindset, you know? And, and I think as much as you want to trick yourself and say, I'm, I, we're going to give it all we got and we, 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 we got championship medal, we're going to do it. I still think in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, if we do lose, this, this time off is going to be really good for us. We kind of just need this. And maybe that creeps into your game a little bit. Maybe it doesn't. But it's just I got that sense from this whole season, you know. And that's however it, however that narrative figured out at the end, that's what happened. This team was mentally and physically exhausted from three years. I mean, just what you mentioned with these other teams, they can't even sniff a, a first round. This team went, won another cup and then went to the finals. They're exhausted. They're and, they, just and they did it both years. Toast. And let's not forget, they did it. Talk about overcoming adversity during those runs. Uh, we forget the first year was the ultimate with the bubble. And right. on top of the fact that you didn't have Steven Stamkos right. for all but like seven minutes right. of the yeah. entire postseason. Two minutes, 37 seconds, yeah. Right? Uh, then the next year, you finally get everybody all together, and they completely just ran roughshod on the, on the entire league, yeah. I thought, in 2021. Yeah. Uh, and then last year you have to do it without Braden Point, and they still find a way to get into the dance, and you're two games away. These other teams, like Colorado, for example, like you lose a couple players that are important to your team, and it just fall apart. changed everything. Completely fall apart. It changed everything for Colorado. You take Bergeron out of the mix for Boston, or a not close to 100% Bergeron in there, completely different team than the one that won 65 games and 135 points. And I'm going to say this about Colorado. That's, they're still a great team. They are, and they're going to be a favorite next year. But that's, that's what I'm talking about is that mentality. Once you get full, once you drink from that cup, you get that full belly, it's hard to come back. And they couldn't do it for one year. The Lightning did it for two years. 
come on, man. I mean, that's the other narrative I take from this. It's just like, you know what? Let's, let's bow down to what they've done over the last three years. Let's just take a moment and say, look at the rest of the league. Look what you guys accomplished. And you went through a fourth year, got to the playoffs, and should have won the first round series. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you an extra attaboy just for showing me that you should have won this series. And you, and you could have been playing Florida in round two. It's like Brian Engblom said on our postgame show. He goes, for the favorites, that first round is the toughest round to win. It's the toughest round to win. And you can make a case that if the Lightning would have gotten past this, are you scared of Florida? Are you scared of Carolina or the Devils? No. No. I mean, are they good teams? Could they beat us? Absolutely. Yeah. But am I going into it going, oh, we got no shot? No. Oh, no, no, no. No. I don't think there's any team right now that I would say that about. Right. So you were that close. Yeah. You should have won the series. You should be standing here. With Florida on your on your plate, you know, with two home games to get ready to go, and with home ice, and then with the Devils or or Carolina, wait, I'm good, I'm good. And then when you get to the West, is there anybody out there that you say, oh, we can't keep up with any of those? No, no. So you know all this, and you'll see this in the national media. The Lightning's time is past. The dynasty has run its course. Bull freaking spit. Don't believe it. It's not true. Look at look at the look at the guys that you got in that room. Mm-hmm. Still, I'm good. And, and just to I'm answer good. just to answer um, Jeremy's question here, we'll before we hit the break. What about Hagel's contract status? Uh, he's got two more years at one point or one more year rather at one point five million, and then he's an RFA arbitration eligible the following year. So he's going to be in Tampa Bay for the long haul. All right, we're going to take a quick break. T.J. Reeves coming up next uh, from Bucks. Radio, Buck Sideline Guy will join us next. We're going to talk about the drafts, the ins and outs of some of these personalities. And I'm going to ask the question, you know, was this draft more about the future? Was it more about next year? Was it more about Todd Bowles? What was what was this draft all about? There's a lot of interesting guys in this draft. So let's uh, hit that question when we come back. Stay with us. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. 
Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. Scott Jeeves is coming in Thursday. We're going to talk some uh, Gator football. be good to see him. And uh, if you have any questions, legal questions, you can uh, always comment and tweet at us, and we'll, we'll hit him up because of free legal advice as well. All right, let's bring in our good friend T.J. Reeves, Bucks sideline guy. No hat today. So, you know, last time we had to go Bucks, we could go Lightning, you know, which since we're talking about the Lightning, good morning to you, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Good to be with you, boys. Uh, I am rocking on behalf of the Twins the uh, Steinbrenner Warriors apparel, though. Oh, okay. Okay. But I do have the uh, Steinbrenner uh, Warriors rocking there. Well, I want to get to, uh, so we're just wrapping up our our, uh, lightning conversation. You just had a great Mm -hmm. quote that was just printed. You want to read that one, Nick? I want you to hear this, TJ, because I think this kind of sums up all the guys and how they felt this this year. Yeah, this was the quote from Vasilevsky. He said, probably the first 30, 35 games felt as usual, but then just me and my body weren't on the same page. All those small injuries came out at the same time. My mistake was that I didn't really pay attention uh, to recovery, I kind of kept pushing myself to the limit. Now I know that sometimes during the season I have to be more smart and take care of my body more often recovery-wise. And that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I heard a lot of what you guys were saying there in the last half hour. JP and I were kind of talking off the air, and this is, this is not nuclear secrets. They were not the same team down the stretch of this regular season. You could see, especially defensively, JP, night in and night out, you were there watching them give up five goals, six goals, seven goals in games. So you can't say that this was that big of a surprise that they were still giving up goals even in a playoff series like this. And the goalie was not the same for whatever the reasons are. And it's not not excuse-making. It's not uh, rationalization. It's the truth. They played a ton of postseason hockey three summers in a row – and two of them kind of quirky bled all the way into the next regular season. Yeah. You know, bear in mind, you guys know this, but bear in mind that the 2020 year uh, basically bled, it, the postseason yeah. bled like two months later into let's start the regular season, and the Lightning played all the way through until late July in the final Ridiculous. playoff season of 2021. Ridiculous. Then you come back around after the couple of months again. They got on the, the same track that was late October, right, that they yes. started mm-hmm. a little later. And you played all the way until late June this past year in 2022. And then you started on the normal timeline again in October. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So there is no, the point is, there is no other team that played that much hockey in that compressed amount of time 
and, and yet they still had that success. So I'm not making excuses on that, but maybe this will be a good thing oh, here is. for the next two or three months to heal up, refocus, be motivated. And Nick, I like what you said. You're going to have to make some decisions here on contracts. We know this. Younger guys who can help. You gave up a ton to get Tanner Janot. You got to hope that guy delivers because you gave up a lot of premium picks that yeah. could help you this year and next year in the draft, potentially. And, and those draft picks maybe weren't going to help you immediately in 2024 or 2025. Right. But definitely, you got to hope those guys that you made moves with. And I like what you said also, JP. John Cooper knows what he's doing, yep. and they've got a formula that works. And Breezebond knows that the formula that works and the type of player you have to have. So just regroup, go away, regroup, let everybody talk about whoever the champ is this year, and be ready to go next year. I'll, I'll, bet, I'll bet anybody positive. if T- if Tanner Janot stays healthy next year, he's a 20-plus goal scorer. I'll take and that the revealing right And the revealing thing was he was dealing with a high ankle sprain down the stretch of the season in this playoff series, and they right. just now, they don't have to reveal this stuff. They just right. now have revealed, because everybody was going bonkers on why is he not even active in Game 5 and Game 6. And one of the things I said to a couple people privately is this has got to be, I don't know this for sure. I don't report on the team. I don't do injury information. This has got to be some kind of injury that is also bothering him because you go down with your best guys and that coaching staff, that training staff has to know he's half the guy or, you know, a quarter of the guy that he would normally be. We got to go with somebody else who's healthier to give us a chance to win in game five and game six. Otherwise, you go down with your guys. So there you go on Janelle. And maybe, you know, that should have been what they did with Braden Point. But you you just, he's such a good player. He's such a good player. But as we saw last year, he tried to play through an injury and it just, you get to the point where like he's just not effective. He can't do it. And that top line on the, and, you know, I hate to say it, but Toronto's top line outplayed ours and, by a vast number in terms of the points. But still, I thought the Lightning were the better team, should have won the series. It could, could be sitting here waiting for Florida again. <laughs> and, I mean, it would have set up amazing. I mean, you talk about shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. Look right. at the East is completely wide open uh, now. The Lightning yeah. are gone, the three-time champs, the number one team in the league that lost like twice the whole year. <laughs> okay, maybe that's an exaggeration. They're gone. gone. They're not even around for the second round. Yeah. And then the Rangers... I got to say this, as much as it was misery to watch what happened to the Lightning, it was almost uh, fitting that now it has happened the same way to the Ranger and Bruin fans and media. Nick, I don't know if you have the cricket sound effect. Can you play the cricket sound effect? Because this, this, the crit, what, what is that? What? Uh, We don't don't hear anything from them now. I don't hear anything from Boston. Boston fan, Boston media, New York fan, New York media. Hey, but at least, at least they got, can hang their hat on the Celtics. O- oops. Oops. Well, yeah. Oops. Or the, or the Knicks. Or, or the, the Knicks. Knicks. <laughs> oops. Oops. Ooh, well, what happened there? What happened and, there? And again, the NHL needs the bigger markets and, and more yeah. so maybe even in the NBA. And to not have a Boston-New York matchup in round two mm. that they were looking at potentially having. Uh, yeah, that Raleigh okay, market so, will give you lots of TVs. Don't worry. But just, just to reinforce this one more time, okay, a couple of different ways. The Boston Bruins have like one Stanley Cup victory literally in like 50-something 50 50 years, years, like the early 70s. Yes. The New York Rangers have one Stanley Cup win in over 80 years, and it was 1994. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning have two 
in the last four seasons. They have three in this century. Yes. Yes. So yes. be Think glad with that. what you have. Be proud of what you have. There you go. There you go on that. I know you want to right. move on. So let's, uh, yeah, well, um, well, let's talk about this Bucks draft. And I think it's, it's a worthy question. A lot of people are asking, you know, was, was this draft about this year? Was it about two years away? Was it Todd Bowles' draft? You know, he got Jamel Dean signed. He got Levante signed. He got, uh, he got uh, two of the first three picks were, were defensive players, five defensive players. The light, or the light. The Bucks are spending a lot of capital on fixing a defense that, frankly, did not fare well against the better teams last year. Let's just be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, their overall numbers were not bad, but when the chips were on the table, C.D. Lamb's running wide open in, in the corner of the end zone. We, we had issues. <laughs> there were issues yes. that needed to be fixed. So I'm not sitting here saying that, that Todd Bowles got everything he wanted, um, but I think, it's, I think it's such an interesting draft, and it's loaded with players that have high ceilings, you don't know what they're going to do, but man, I mean, Trey Palmer's a, 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 a perfect example. I mean, here's a big kid who runs a four-three that you know has a thousand yards of receiving, three seventy-yard touchdowns. Like, oh yeah, we need a guy to take the top off the defense. How the hell we get him in the sixth round? You know what the hell's wrong with him? I don't know, but he may turn out to be that guy. What do you think as a whole of this draft? So it's a very uh, valid question. Are are you playing as much for twenty twenty three? Or are you just as much playing for 2024 and 2025? I think it is fair to say that out of this draft, you're counting on at least four of these guys or five of these guys to be key contributors. Even if you got them in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, you are, you are counting on them to be key contributors in 2024 and 2025. This is where you're reloading with young, inexpensive depth that you believe will blossom into key players next year 25 and beyond you have to have that and uh, we keep joking in in jason light we trust in the front office we trust you did have to get under the salary cap this is the way to do it get in there with younger third fourth fifth sixth round picks that don't cost very much that can help you contribute and you look at a year ago where you're grabbing rashad white and you're grabbing k dot and you're grabbing jake camarda that again fit this mold of a young player that is very cost effective yeah. while you're sprinkling in all the different uh, veterans i'm intrigued by the trey palmer one again off the air we should say to the jp audience we did a little session with luke easterling who yes. was putting on yeah. a master class about this draft he did it privately for us and jp he brought up the name nick you can verify this he brought up the name trey palmer to us and said this is a guy in the fifth or sixth round that jason light is going to take a look at he almost spoke it into existence. I don't know. Can this, I mean, you can go back to Kenny Bell. Kenny Bell out of Nebraska. Mm, yeah. Speed, big guy, kick returner, never panned out. Right. So you're trying to, Scotty Miller, again, speed guy, smaller school, smaller player than what Trey right. Palmer is, yeah. too. You don't know, but maybe this guy can really help you, like you said, because you've got two bona fide Pro Bowl stud receivers when healthy and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Now you need somebody to stretch the defense, and maybe this can be that guy. I'm intrigued by Yaya Diaby. What a name from Louisville. Yes, yes. One of our colleagues, Mark Ennis, who's a Tampa guy originally, he has been the kingpin of Louisville Sports Radio for going on a decade. They are, they are the ESPN affiliate in Louisville. 
I texted my man Ennis, my Buccaneer brother displaced in Louisville, and said, yeah, yeah, Diaby, and I'm getting emojis and exclamation points. He loves this guy's work ethic. Louisville has kind of had bad seasons the last couple of years, but this guy continued to play hard, outside rusher, uh, and Ennis just kept saying to me, got better and better and better at Louisville. So I'm very interested in that pick yeah, his, later on in the his, draft. His uh, physical numbers are just off the charts. They're in the 97th percentile in everything. Um, I, I just really interesting. And you talk about this. I, I know people say, well, you know, they didn't get an edge rusher off top, off the top. I'm like, well, listen, it's, you know, it's getting a better pass rush is the right. overall goal, right? Did, did they not affect their pass rush with this draft? Oh my God. And I have a sneaky suspicion that this Jose Ramirez kid, I love the undersized, really productive p- p- players. Now, I'm not. He's not going to be Derek Brooks. That's not what I'm saying. The right. reason Derek Brooks fell was not because of his production in college. My God, the dude made every single play there was to be made and every big play. But he was what? He was undersized. He's going to be a safety. Remember that? He's going to be so, a safety. So I will. I will pick up on that very point because I still remember what is arguably the most famous and impactful Buccaneer draft oh, ever, which is the '95 question. draft with Sapp and Brooks. Yeah. I was on the air. That day, doing live sports radio on the Saturday of the draft, and that at that time, I believe, best of my recollection, they were doing the entire draft on the Saturday. So, in other words, they would start at noon and just go. Glorious. We okay. So we were there at the local sports bar, you know, doing the local sports radio thing. An hour before the draft began, we're doing the build-up show, and we sat there the entire time. And this is fifteen minutes a pick. And that first round, JP, literally took like six hours. Yes. And about hour five is where Rich McKay and Sam Weich uh, and, the, uh, and the Glazers, who had become the new owners, jumped back into the first round, trading with whom? The Dallas Cowboys for Derrick Brooks. And I vividly remember all of the criticism and questions everywhere. And this is, this is infancy of the Internet, no social yeah. media. Was this guy's not big enough to play linebacker in the NFL? Exactly. Just to emphasize what yeah. you were just saying. Yeah. He, he maybe projects as a hybrid strong safety. These are things that were being said, yeah. building up to the draft and on draft day. My God, how wrong was that <laughs> with Derek Brooks now 25-plus years later being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? So when you hear these things about, is he big enough? Is he whatever? I always go back to that day, that afternoon. I mean, we were at the sports bar. I ate like brunch. I ate lunch. I ate dinner. It was still the first round, and we were still <laughs> on the air going back and forth about those two picks uh, that the Bucks had made. And there were questions about Warren Sapp. Oh, yeah. He dropped, dropped to them. Yeah. They, there were questions about making this trade with the Cowboys. To get back in the first round, give up a future, I think it was a future first-round pick yep. that they jumped back into the first round to get Derek Brooks. But the whole point about being undersized, I lived that, brother. I lived that back in 1995, and look at how it worked out. So just yeah. the pundits don't know it all. Yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they don't know this. The same thing they about don't Von know Miller. the ability to get yeah. coached up. Yep. They, you know, th- those things are all factors. So that's, uh, that's Jose Ramirez. He's, he's a six-round pick. Is he going to be a... Uh, you know, a 15-sack guy, I don't know. Hey, Shaq Barrett was a 19-and-a-half-sack guy. Where did he Where did he get drafted? He didn't even get drafted. And to the point, that's right. a guy that the Bucks bring in on a, on a free agent deal that doesn't cost very much out of Denver, and look how they have coached him up. Yeah. Look at what he turned into once he got here. That's the point. Yeah, and by the way, it, our, our prayer, thoughts and prayers still going out to Shaq for the rest of the rest this 
It's no, horrible. horrible. The whole thing, and you guys have articulated it, and everybody else have, have articulated it. Um, how, how is it affecting the, the – I know you're, you're in you – there are, there are players that uh, are obviously words. horrified, and yeah. what do you do? And you try to be there for him, and uh, it's, it's an awful situation to have a, a toddler fall in the pool and drown. And, and the family is all home and witnessing this. This is what happened on Sunday. It's horrible. Uh, and he's coming off an injury as it is, and all you can do is try to wrap your arms around him and be there with him. Um, uh, if you're his teammates, his coaching staff, et cetera, it's an awful situation. And let's hope um, that that family can heal first and foremost. Yeah. Forget about football. Yeah. I mean, Buccaneer fans, forget about football right now. This yeah. is this is a horrible thing that Shaq Barrett's other kids were around and witnessed on Sunday. Get some perspective. The, him being on the football field, I'm not trying to end this on a down note. We'll cheer it up some other way. Him being on a football field, that life. doesn't matter right now no. with, with what's no. going on behind the scenes, just to share that a little bit with your audience. Yeah, and it, I, I don't even know how he can come back and play in any time, practice, workout. I hope he finds some normalcy in his life through that. Um, because I think well, let's bring it. Let's do. bring it to one that but. you and I covered, and we were around, and that is Matt Bryant, the kicker. Oh my! And God. again, uh, I mean, and, and in this case, it was um, a sudden infant death situation yeah. in the crib mm-hmm. with, I believe, it was either his fourth or fifth child with he and his wife. Yeah. And one of the things he said, and I believe this, is that you're you're obviously agonizing this is you're grieving but to go back into the facility and get back to some normalcy and get around your teammates and get your mind off of it and be able to go through your routine it helps with the process the hope would be and matt bryant ended up i still remember jp just while i'm storytelling on the tuesday the game was against the Green Bay Packers that week. After all this had happened, and the Bucks remember, chartered a plane, and the team flew to the infant's funeral in Texas. Those that wanted to go, staff yes, members. I remember that, yeah. Okay, they came back. You covered this. Yes. So now they play the Packers, and Matt Bryant basically wins the game in the final 30 seconds with a field goal. One at the very end is the final minute with the go-ahead field goal, and they seal the deal. And I'm now interviewing him as soon as it's over, right in the corner of the old Raymond James locker room, right in that corner as you came in off the entrance. I'm there with him. The rest of the media is coming in while I'm talking to him first. And he got through the first answer all right, and he started to give the second answer, and he just choked up. And I put my arm on him, and I said, it is okay. It is okay. Finish your answer if you want. It's okay. And Josh Bidwell, the holder and the punter, was standing right there too. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want to finish this. I, I was doing this for Trison, for my son. I was doing this. I was out there for him that, oh, my gosh. Ugh. I mean, I'm choking up right now oh talking to God. you. No, this is real life, yeah. Buccaneer fans. Forget about whether Shaq Barrett can help you rushing the quarterback right now. Yeah. Let's deal with Shaq and his wife and their family and then worry about football down the road and, and be there for him. But the hope would be get through this, get around your teammates, get back into the routine. Let's hope that that will be the case and, and get and- him – you know, back to uh, back to uh, at least the routine of football. Later. And, I, and I'll say this just to end, end, end this part of the discussion. You know, Matt Bryant, he's a very, very faithful and religious man. For whatever you want to think about uh, what your religious beliefs are, that sustained him. It sustains mm-hmm. him today. He's a, a wonderful father, has other great children, obviously. And it's, it come through it, I won't say great. It's obviously going to affect you. But that faith, that belief 
that you'll see them again. You'll, they're part of you. They'll always be part of you. That matters. Uh, I don't know where Shaq is on that at scale, but it matters. And um, people, he, Matt, Matt came through that tragedy, and um, they're they're a great family. They're a very happy family. They, you know, they're wonderful, wonderful people. So there there can be a good ending to this. It's not. It's not the end. So we and we wish that for I wish that for for Shaq. I hope he finds that peace. Amen. Amen. And that's all you can do yeah. is love on him, hug on him, and try to help him. It all is right. a horrible thing all for right, sure. All right, so let's you, cheer it up. You got something else to cheer it up before I leave? Yes, I, I, I said this yesterday, and I think I may just go ahead and go down to the DMV and make this happen. <laughs> Servassier Dennis. I want to be called Servassier. I'm changing my name officially to. I just love that name so much, and I'm so glad he's. You want to be a sir, sir. You want to be a sir. How can you not just say that name and just be happy? It's a great name, Sir Vassier. And the dude, I just love his story, his his ties to the to Tampa Bay. His dad growing up in St. Petersburg, all the family in St. Pete. You know, military family again, love little, it. little undersized, chip on his shoulder. Great measurables, loves football, brings the wood. Another great pick. I just love it. He and Kalijah Gansey is yeah. going to lo- love, love the that fact pick. that that's one of his teammates right. from Pitt that will be here going through this uh, with him. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really neat to have that guy there. And you got a, you got three ACC defenders when you include Diaby from Louisville that's right. that are coming in. We'll see. We'll, and again, be encouraged, Buccaneer fans. This uh, administration, Jason Light, Spytech, Mike Greenberg, that entire staff, their scouting staff, they have repeatedly found young guys to contribute. Be, be hopeful, be excited, not just for 23, but for 24 and beyond, that you have found two or three or four key contributors here that are going to help you yes. down the road. I mean, I'm interested in this kid, Payne Durham, the humongous, he's not that fast, but the humongous tight end, from Purdue, you watch some of his athletic plays and catching the football, red zone, third down, goal line, those kind of things. That's exciting to watch. He's sneaky so fast. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> sneaky fast. He's wearing and he's wearing eighty-seven at Purdue. Do they give him eighty-seven as a tight end with the Bucks and replicate the Gronk thing, or does he pick another number? What happens there? I don't know. But there's uh, and, and I love you didn't ask me, but uh, Cody Mauk. It's how you say it because yes. I keep hearing everybody talk about it. Mauk. The the old the old manager of the Angels and the Phillies was Gene Mock, spelled right. the same this way. Is Mauk. But he says Mauk. So we're going to go with it. No teeth, yeah. long red hair. Buccaneer fans, uh, Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa from Division Three and Division Two schools, and this is now an FCS guy from North Dakota State. What do you? What do you? Does anybody want to wager that this guy can't play? That this guy isn't going to be? <laughs> Physical and exactly what you're looking for to blend in. I'm excited to see well, what that guy can do come let, July and August. Well, let's keep let, you know, unlike Gedeke, let's keep him at a position that maybe he's familiar with. Uh, although sure. he's not gonna, he's not gonna play left tackle. He's not gonna play left tackle. He might and be and bear in mind, they believe he can play guard. Yeah. And again, we'll. Tra- I'm with you. We'll trust that they have a slot for him at guard or tackle. Maybe he's part of the competition at tackle with with Gedeke or Hainsey or whomever else. I just, I love, as soon as I saw that pick on Friday night, I immediately flashed to Ali Marpet. There were people laughing at this team for taking Ali Marpet. Yeah. They weren't laughing a year or two later. Yeah. Alex Kappa ended up getting like a $40 million second contract from the Cincinnati Bengals because of what we developed here in Tampa Bay. So look out with Cody Malk. I'm interested in that one too. 
All right, partner. Uh, what's going on with you? Tell people where they can find your content. Hey, You're always I'm doing taking I'm different. taking it easy right now with the Buccaneer official draft party over with. We're doing some boxing on Big Fight Weekend, some other podcasting stuff, and then it will be football season and Buccaneer season before we know it. You have me back on whenever you like. Yeah, we got all. We don't know what up. to do with our May and June that we don't have lightning playoffs for the first time. I know in like three different May and Junes. We we took the break in the pandemic year, but they came back in late June or July, whenever that was, and started playing the playoffs. Well, we got a pretty good baseball team to hang our hat on. Uh, yeah. So. Because everybody had the 20-win Rays and the 20-win Pirates playing on May the 2nd in Tampa. Uh, that's just what we said in the first step. <laughs> I, it, that's great that we're going to have this great team coming into Tropicana Field this week that's red hot and really, you know, really fun to watch. And then the Yankees come in at the end of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Pirates, yes. Pirates, Rays on the national radar. We love that, too. So we'll keep yeah. up with all that. Boys. All right, partner. Always great to talk to you. Thank you, TJ. Great Rich. to be with you, boys. Happy great, Tuesday. Great story there. On Always get a great story out of TJ. You know, that great historical story. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I'm, I'm listening to, you know, going through all the draft picks again. And I was reminded that, you know, this draft was interesting in that this was the highest rate, I believe, that five stars, right? were drafted. It was like an 81. Oh, that transferred from their their high school recruiting ratings yes. to the NFL. 81% yes. hit rate, which was like up 70% or something over the last three drafts. 81% hit rate on five stars make being first-round picks. Yes, and even throughout the draft as a whole. Like the five-star guys, there was a big hit rate there. And I'm just interested at that because look at the last two Buccaneers drafts and where Jason Light has gone. I'm just trying to pick up on maybe philosophy changes and things like that. Like, Kalijah Kansi was an undersized, probably three-star recruit, if I, had to, if I had to assume, right, and goes mm-hmm. to Pitt. Cody Mack, uh, North Dakota State, right? Yaya Diaby, not highly recruited. Same thing goes for uh, Dennis in the fifth, Payne Durham. All these guys were not highly recruited. Mm-hmm. And then you go the year prior, Logan Hall, not highly recruited. Rashad yeah. White, not hardly recruited. Mm-hmm. K-Dot and Zion McCollum, all these guys – and you kind of contrast that. Does Jason like trying to do a different like philosophy with the draft the last few years where he's taken some guys from bigger programs when he first was the GM and he got burned by a lot of these five stars? And I point to Vernon Hargraves. I point to Noah Spence. I point to O.J. Howard. I point to Jameis Winston. Those are five five-star recruits that he picked his first three years as a GM. And how many of them panned out? The answer is zero. Yeah. That's so I picked up on that as well, that five-star recruits this year are getting drafted like crazy, and the Bucks have gone a completely different route. In fact, they're getting the guys who were undersized and maybe the chip on the shoulders and didn't go to big colleges. So just something, a little trend I picked up on there with their draft. Okay. I, I want to um, talk about a little bit more about Kalijah Kansi, um, that uh, I was watching some of his tape, and it reminded me of somebody. And I'll do that when we come back. We'll take a break, um, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. When we come back, Kalaji Kansi, just such an interesting cat in so many ways. And I know a lot of people were, were kind of, huh? Who? Huh? Um, I love the pick right from the beginning, and there's a lot of reasons why. So we'll, we'll do that when we come back. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. I had Chris Lugo on yesterday, their medical director, talking about the new True Body system they have over there. Get on that machine, and it will lean you up. He's got... You know, overweight people working on it. Fashion models are using this. A lot of people using it to get optimal results. Uh, so it's something that's really, really interesting. Go to the website, find out more about it, BAMMC.com. Back in three.
right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All right. Welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Um, as we're going to roll into the second hour, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, the Gold and Diamond Source, and American Mortgage Services, and of course the great folks at the Jeeves, J E E V E S Law Group.com. Um, fun conversation there with. Uh, with T.J. Reeves. I didn't get, let you ask a question, though. We were so involved in it, so I apologize for that. Was there something you were going to bring up with T.J.? No, you, you got, you, he was hitting the points like all over the place. So right. I was like, well, that was my question. That was we my didn't question. talk about Josh Hayes, the uh, nephew of Geno Hayes, uh, who lives over there in Lakeland, played six years in college football. Yeah, and, North Dakota State and Kansas State. Yeah, also went to Virginia for one year, transferred been there. Been around. But, yeah, been around. Um, you know, he's got some speed, but... You know, there's probably some questions about his. Uh, well, he lasted to the to the fifth round, fifth sixth round, sixth so. round, and he was supposed to go undrafted. But I mean, I heard the story. Scott Reynolds was telling it that he jumped out to the Bucks because he came on one of these like local visits because he's from Lakeland, 
and most guys come in and just like you know meet with the coaches whatever and leave but I guess he like volunteered to work out and was like down to do that and I guess Spytech said that guys typically don't do that so that kind of helped his chances a bit so maybe they they decided they really loved that work ethic right there and it's a position of need because he can play nickel and they don't have a nickel corner right now so it worked out for him so I already like that already yeah um and you know a lot of these guys are going to have to play this year. This Bucks season is going to be so very, very interesting on so many levels. And first of all, can I just tell you the level of irrelevance that the Bucks have already been reduced to? <laughs> if you've been watching, I watch a lot of NFL Network, NFL Live. I like to watch like a lot of NFL national shows. You could not get through the second block last year, last three years, without them talking about the Buccaneers. I have not heard the Buccaneers' name mentioned once except for when they were picking in the draft for maybe the last two weeks. That's fair. Fine. That's fine. I made it fair. You know, I made it my entire life as a Bucks fan like, like that. that. Exactly. Fun. <laughs> we are completely reduced to I actually to like it that way a lot better. Yeah, I, have a ch- I think that, though, this – Because when I hear national media, when they're covering your team, finally, and as it's been the case for the Bucks the last few years, mm-hmm. I learn so much about how these guys just aren't paying attention to what's actually going on. Yeah, especially locally. They, they don't know. So I just I just retweeted this um, uh, the the forty yard dash of one Kalijah Kansi and and there's something that jumped out at me um, right right away although for some reason it's just saying video unavailable and we just I just tweeted it out from YouTube um, when you look at him run his forty yard dash there's something that jumps out at you and that's his you know where I'm going with this what Mickey Andrews used to call high ass. <laughs> He's got a that boy's got a high ass, and like I, and like between and spitting, he would say, "Yeah, I look for them boys with with the high ass. They can run and they can change directions." And it, he, you know, he called them like haunches. He's got haunches like you see a, a thoroughbred stallion. They just they got that big backside, and they're just so powerful in the lower end. And Derek always looked, you know, I don't want to say weird, but different. Derek, he had a Really big <laughs> trunk. Let's just put it that way. But was so fast. And Kalijah <laughs> strikes me the same way. It, and it, what it does is it allows you to get underneath guys and just become incredibly powerful using leverage and, and being able to get, get, get through the quickness. And uh, he's, he's a special kind of athlete. He's just different. And he, you know, he's probably about a 225-pound running back with his athleticism, playing at 280 pounds and strong as a bull and knows how to use. Some guys just know how to use leverage. And when you watch his tape, that's what you see. It's, it's kind of weird because he's so, he's so much smaller than a lot of the other guys, but he's just moving people and moving around people. Um, and you just don't want to go there with the Aaron Donald stuff, but it's almost impossible not, not to. And, just because he played at the same school and is the same size, does not in the same position, doesn't mean he's that guy. Aaron Donald is a once in a, in a generation player, but damn, if the tape don't look just like it, if if the 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 demeanor isn't just like it, he's like a freaking clone of this guy. Well, it is interesting. Like, I don't like. I look at him actually, and like, I don't know. I don't see the Aaron Donald. I know, like, the, the measurables say it, but I don't know if this makes sense or not. They still, to me, don't look quite the same. Like, Aaron Donald, like, when you see him, like, when he has his shirt off, this guy is freaking, like, jacked to, the, to, to high heavens, right? Yeah. 
I don't see that same type of body type with Kalijah. To me, he has he has a little bit more. He's a little softer. He, I don't know how to say this without it coming off bad because I'm not meaning it to be that way. Like yeah. I perceive to have a little bit more of like a gut. Yeah. Like he's a little bit more yeah. like yeah. built or sap. He's yeah. Like he that's to me he to me he seems more like if I had to compare him to somebody just from a body size he looks more like Warren Sapp to me yeah. than he does Aaron Donald. Yeah. Now that's still very unfair to compare him to Warren Sapp. But Sapp was that you know Sapp was the guy that played tight end in high school and a little yes. bit in college. You know, of course, famously caught a touchdown pass and did the Beyonce boogie dance. Um, yeah, one of the greatest celebrations of all time. Uh, but no, I think that that is almost kind of a better comp. <laughs> poor, poor kid. Jason Light comes out and goes Warren Sapp, John Randall, and Aaron Donald all in five minutes. Well, I drafted in this kid, but I don't want to compare him to anybody. That's too much pressure. Well, that came out of your mouth. Sorry. But they're excited about him. They're excited about him. And, you know, just watching all his interviews that he's done, he's, you know, he's not a very talkative kid. Yeah. But he's, you know, he smiles. He just got a great demeanor about him. Very likable kid. He'll, he'll blend in well with his teammates. I just, I just love the pick. Yeah. And two notes, too, about the pick. So, like, number one, everybody's wondering, like, okay, what about Logan Hall? And, what know, about Logan Hall? I understand, like, it's easy to say, okay, well, clearly the Bucks have given up on Logan Hall. Again, I give the guy a pass for year one. I just do when it comes to interior, you know, defensive linemen. And here's the other thing with Logan Hall. His comp coming out of college was actually Will Golston. If you compare the but, two. But Will, Will was 30 pounds heavier, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, but I mean, like, he, if he put on weight, yeah, that, was like, looks, that was his play comp. Yeah, but when Will got here, he was big. So my point there is, Will Golston's not under contract right now. Maybe yeah. he comes back for a year, whatever. But I could see Logan Hall trying, if he can put on a few pounds. And when I say few, I'm talking like 15 pounds, realistically, at or, least. Or more. Or more. Or more. Maybe he could fill the Will Golston role. Yeah. And that can be his spot. I just, you know... When he was drafted, that was my big point. I, I don't like six foot five, two hundred eighty five pound tackles. Like you're not, you're it's not a an, awkward. You're not a big edge guy, and you're not, you're not, and you're you're going to play high because you're six foot five, mm-hmm. and you're not. You don't have enough anchor in your ass to to keep you. And, and you watch the way he played. He got blown off the ball. Yeah, and he I will... played too high. He didn't have leverage. Like Kalijah Kansi will will not be given up. You didn't even need to double team, Paul. You just moved him. It just wasn't. Yeah. He just didn't anchor in. You ain't moving this guy. No, and I think he complements perfectly next to Vita Vea. I will say too, and they better hope they can keep Vita Vea on the field and healthy. Damn right. Because now what they have though is they have three really undersized guys at that position. So you take Vita Vea out of the equation, then you probably get pretty soft up front. Pretty quickly, I think, especially in the run Ooh, game. So, big time. so that's big the one time. thing I'll, I'll just again. That's just doomsday scenario. If Vita Vega gets hurt, but on the field, I think they're going to work out well, and I think Greg Gaines is also going to contribute well too. He's going to have to. All these guys He's are going to play a lot. Yeah. Greg Gaines will probably play forty percent of the snaps, if I had to argue. Well, you think about last year's draft class. You know, you know, we're we don't know what these guys could do. Kalaja Kansi is going to be a starter. I don't think there's any question about that. He, you, he, you start him next to Vita Vega. That's not even a thing. Cody Mauk, Cody Cody Mauk, yeah, Mauk. He's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to earn it because he's going up against a grown ass man in Robert Hainsey, uh, a scrapper in Nick Leverett. Aaron Stinney has played in this league. Um, Gedeke's got a lot to prove. Where's Mauk playing? You know, where's is he going to start? Well, okay, come in if he's that guy. If he's that Ali Marpet, then he should be starting. 
He should be starting at left guard. Nick Leverett's an undrafted free agent, and I love his story. And, 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 and good luck beating him out, Cody. Well, here's my, here's my issue with Cody Malkin, like where he's going to fit on this line, is he was a left tackle in college at North Dakota State. That's his comfort zone. Now, you can tell me his arms are too short and this and that to play left. I'm not going to dispute you on that because there's history that tells you if you got short arms, you can't play tackle. Right. That's a thing. Skaronsky's going to find that out now right. with Tennessee. Right. And he's going he's to be a guard. And he's going to be probably a, a damn good guard, by the way. But when it comes to Cody Malk, I mean, this is my fear, is we did the same thing with Gedeke. Right. He was a right tackle in college. He was well, undersized. You, you better play him at left guard, not right guard. Him. That's my thing. We yeah. moved him all the way across the line. Different punch. Are we going to move everything. Cody Malk across the line Don't to right it. guard? Don't do it. But my question there is, Nick Lever, did he do enough last year to tell you that he's the left, ha- the left guard? Does he deserve to be called the left guard right now? I think so. I, see, my eyes told me that he did. I do, too. But clearly, they want some kind of competition. And remember, that's the other thing last year. That's the Bucks, fine. That's the thing last year the Bucks didn't get, actually. They brought in Gedeke, and he was supposed to compete for that job, if you recall. Right. But an injury to Aaron Stinney changed everything for the Bucks. No? Yes. It changed everything. And they had no option but to put Luke Gedeke in guard. So it feels like they're going round two with this. Let's get more bodies in here. Let's get well, competition. It was not just, not just Stinney's injury. It was Stinney's and Jensen's injury. Yeah, Jensen because was. Because Ainsley would have easily moved over into that left guard spot, but he had to play center. Yeah, so Which Gedeke, is one of the reasons I was mystified that they didn't go out and get an interior lineman when that happened. Yeah. Right there. And so maybe they're just trying to add more bodies to this because they saw what happened last year when these things went on. They know they've got to run the ball better, and a lot of that starts with their run blocking. And the guys they have there right now, maybe you could say that's their, that's their problem, is they're not good run blockers. Right. Clearly we saw that last year. And I know Cody Malk was like graded out like 90 or 92 or something like that when it came to run blocking. So, uh, again, though, it's still the one pick that I'm like the most indifferent on at the moment. Um, yeah, because, you know, if you look at some of the players that went after Cody Muck that were still on the on the board, um, trying to get to get to this this number, did were there guys that were you know you want to talk about a guard Osiris Torrance, you know some people had a first round grade on him as as a guard and that's his natural position. Um, Hendon Hooker was on the board at that particular time. And by the way, I've made a mistake the last few days and TJ. Uh, pointed this out to me in our off-air conversation. I've been saying that the Bucks don't have a quarterback under court contract in 2024 because I heard another reporter say it, and I took it for gospel. But, um, no, he is under contract. This is just his third year. So tomorrow, next 24 will be his fourth year. And they feel like Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask will step up and be as good as any quarterback in this draft. And, I, and that sounds ridiculous. Because these quarterbacks have been hyped up for three months, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you go look at, at Kyle Trask's numbers in the SEC, his final year, they certainly rank comparatively to anybody that was on this draft board. I'm not saying he's as good as, as Bryce Young. I'm not saying that. But his numbers would suggest it. How, and we have no idea how that size is going to translate into the NFL. C.J. Stroud for all his athletic ability and what he showed against Georgia, didn't show that beforehand. And there are, as I've said many times, there are a lot of people at Ohio State that think he's soft. And there may be a little bit of Dwayne Haskins in C.J. Stroud. So, just saying. Will Levis, clearly a lot of teams didn't have him on their board. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, whether it's he didn't, you know, my my. I think, heard, I think he came off very arrogant. I, that's what that we hear. In the, in is the, Anthony Richardson, because yeah. they were compared together, Anthony took it as, thank you so much for the opportunity. Exactly. I can't wait to come in to compete. Anthony Richardson nailed the interviews. Yep. They loved him, and obviously the athletic ability, but he's a complete wild card. I'm rooting for the kid. I think he's got great upside. I, I will be watching him play every chance <laughs> oh, I get. Yeah. No question about it. So... Um, you know, as the Pewter Report asked on their website, is Baker Mayfield better than all these guys? At this point, having played in the NFL, yes, he is. Yes, well, he te- is. That's a technicality. Yeah, I know, I know. But if you're if you're talking about who's going to be most effective under center this year, probably Baker Mayfield, just because of the learning curve and the fact that you know we forget that this is a guy that can throw the ball seventy yards. Has one of the you know from a measurable standpoint had one of the livest arms in the history of the combine. He can run. We've seen that. He's athletic. He's got great ability to throw on the run. Do all the things that you want the modern quarterback to do. You know his problem has been his attitude early on, which seems to have changed. I don't get that feeling anymore. Dramatically, yeah. he has grown up and matured. He has been humbled. So when you ask, and, and clearly that's the way the Bucks felt. We got two quarterbacks that are better than the guys in the draft. We're not so much so that we're going to take a guard from North Dakota State with Hendon Hooker on the board, it's who a, had a first round grade by a lot of teams. But the knee really is an issue, not only this year but moving forward. Well, it's a gamble, though. It is a gamble. And listen, Kyle Trask being the only quarterback on the roster next year, give it about what are we in right now? We're in May. In about four months. You'll have the answer to if that means anything. Yeah. Because, again, if he can't beat Baker Mayfield out in this quarterback competition, well, guess what? Kyle Trask is done. That's it. Yeah. There's, that doesn't mean anything anymore. You'll fade into obscurity, and Baker Mayfield's your guy, and you most likely, depending on what he does in year one, barring him lighting it up, Geno Smith style, you're restarting in 2024. That, that, I don't see it playing out any other way. For the Bucks, I, I think best case scenario is probably that Kyle Trask just surprises me and a lot of people, and somehow he can play. And now you have a guy who's younger with that's ascending, and you can get him on a cheap contract after the rookie year, maybe potentially, right? Mm-hmm. And you can have that guy, and you can keep adding to this roster, which still has some some youth on it, right? I think that's the best case scenario, but I don't think it's the likely one. If you look at these last two draft classes for the Buccaneers, okay, let's let's kind of go through it. Um, Cansey's going to be a starter, okay? Yep. Cody, we'll see. Um, Yaya Diaby, what's his deal? Is he taking over for Shoyanka? Guess what? I think he's there to push him. Damn right he is. You're damn right he is. We're going to get the best at it because JTS has just not shown me. I don't think he's big enough, athletically talented enough, to be that, uh, and he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that wants it that bad, you know. And he's going, he's going to get some. This was a message to him saying, "Guess what? We're bringing a guy in that's bigger and faster than you, and has more upside." Yeah, and and let's be let's honest see, too. Let's see what you got. Let's be honest so I too. Like I, I mean, the game we, we got to remember it's not just draft picks. They brought back Anthony Nelson on a two-year deal and gave him pretty good money. Yeah. They gave Anthony Nelson pretty good money. What is it, like $6 million a year, six and a half? Yeah. That's pretty good for a backup. So I think he's got to deal with that as well. Yeah. Like, hey, Joe, like Anthony was more productive than you last year, and he didn't play nearly as much as you did. 
You yeah. start doing what you did last year. Well, we're just going to turn it over to Anthony. Yeah. And then you and Yaya are going to have There's to There's a lot of messages sent in this draft. There class. was. And that was one. The JTS, the, and Cody Mock was like, okay, all you offensive linemen, okay, I can play anywhere on this line from left tackle to right tackle. Who's, whose job am I taking? Not Ryan Jensen's, obviously, not Tristan Wirfs. But the rest of you guys, we're, you know, th- this is what happens when the draft the, – uh, the draft is obviously for the fans. You know who else it is for? The players that are on your team. These are, these are, these are messages being sent. JTS, this guy's going to be right behind you in line in every drill. And maybe in front of you before yeah, when the season and, starts. And you think you're a freak athlete. Yeah. Well, this guy has you beat. That's right. So, message sent. Um, Servassier Dennis. Hmm. I already know where you're going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I don't actually think that's what the Bucks are doing, though. Well, he's Levante David's replacement. I truly believe that's what but, it is. But I, just in case, you don't want to practice this, this training camp? You want to hold out or not be there, not get fined and hold out like some of the players are doing now? You don't want to play? Okay. I'm going to stick this guy in there. And let's see him run around and make tackles and get off blocks like you don't do. <laughs> and let's see him rush the passer. He's pretty damn good at that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Message set. Message set. And if they have to trade him, they can do it now. Right? Because they got Servassier. That's right. <laughs> You're big on Servassier. I love you? that. You're I all in. Is I he your favorite him. pick? Is that your favorite pick the Bucks have made? Is it I like Kalijah Kansi a lot. Well, of the, after Kalijah. Like after Kalijah. Is like that your favorite pick? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I like that guy. He is scrappy. He is, And he hits. And he's undersized. He's got, he's got some Sam Mills in him. That's who, that's who my comp is. He's got some Sam Mills in him, who's a Hall of Famer, by the way. Five foot nine. Probably we're just going all in with the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of I mean, Fame. he's a fifth round pick. I'm not saying he's going to Hall of Fame, but I, he just reminds me a lot of Sam Mills. He's got you know that that military background, very serious, like you know, yes sir, yeah. no sir. Yeah, I, I I tell you, my favorite pick so far. I think my pick of the whole thing. I mean, I like Diaby. My only reason why he's not my favorite pick is I think the third round was about a round too high. But they kind of had no choice but to do it without the fourth round pick. Yeah, I just think value wise, Trey Palmer in the sixth. I mean, this offense has been begging, begging for somebody to take the top off and that can get down the field with some speed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is Jason Light has thrown a lot of darts with late round picks at receivers. When you, I mean, TJ had to make had to bring up had to bring up Kenny Bell and make me go back down that disaster. Right. But I'll Robert Haran. Like, we've been Jalen Darden, my goodness, Scotty Miller, which was short-lived, Tyler Johnson, who clearly didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. I mean, you can go on and on and on. He has thrown a lot of darts at late-round receivers, and he hasn't been able to find the stability of what he's needed for that position and what they need. And I'm hoping Trey Palmer can be that guy, because I think of those guys, he's probably the most well-rounded one that he's picked so far that has other skill sets to it. And I love the fact that he had 1,000 yards at Nebraska. Yeah. Like, that really sticks out to me. I, I agree. And 370-yard catches to lead the nation. Yeah. Yeah, and Jose Ramirez and Josh Hayes. I, you know, you fall in love with these guys because of their good stuff. But when you le- read their weaknesses, you're like, that's why they, they yeah. lasted until the seventh round. But 
I know. I just think they're all of them have you know just this um, you know these productive seasons where they've done a lot in the game. Yeah, and I like I like seeing. And, that. and again, I'm not a big draft. I'm not a big draft grade guy. You're not a big draft grade guy. But it is worth mentioning, I guess. NFL.com, PFF, Pewter Report. The Bucks are getting like an A or an A minus mm-hmm. on this draft. Yeah, like Pewter Report loves this draft. I mean, that was the title of their of their podcast yesterday. The Bucks nailed the draft. So I'm going to take try to take them at their word for it because obviously they've they've dived a lot deeper into these prospects. Uh, so we'll we'll see what kind of happens there. But, but my other point is that the Bucks need these guys from the 2022 draft to take another step. All right, um, we start with Gedeke. Gedeke has got to be if Gedeke can be a starter at right tackle, just a starter. That's a home run. Just a starter. That's a home run. Yeah, that's a huge home run if they can get him to play at that level. Um, and that was his natural position. Why, you know, obviously he's going to be better there. He played decently against the Falcons who have the worst pass rush in football. Um, so let's not get too crazy about that, but it's, it's a start. Okay. Logan Hall has got to be a factor. I mean, he's got any, to make plays. Yeah. yeah. He's got, I mean, he's a first round pick or the top of second round, top of second round pick. Yep. He, he's got to put on weight. He's got to get some dog in him. And he's got to go make some plays. I want to see him make some plays and, and be disruptive. And it, Kalijah Kansi's, you know, he's taking his job right away. I mean, it's not going to fight. Yeah, you're going to fight back. Be close when they first get on the field. Yeah, but you know what? Are you going to fight back? Yeah. Are you going to let him yeah. just walk in here and take your job? They drafted him to do so. That's what they, they told you. you. They don't believe a lot in you. They don't think you're, you're much. So what do you got in you? If this doesn't light your fire, nothing will. So if they can if they can get the best out of that guy, and start getting some rotational, you know this you need it. You need Gedeke to step up. Okay, which brings us to Rashad White. Uh, you you are going to have a big season. You're going to have a quarterback that can move out of the pocket, um, who can you know hit the running back in the right place, get him the football. There's going to be run pass options. There's going to be some doubt in the defense, whether you're running the football, your offensive line is going to be in so much of a better position to knock people off the ball. And I think it's a good offensive line to run the football with, with Tristan Wirfs and, and Jensen and some of these big guys. They're, they're going to be bigger and better up front. There's no question about it. Cody Mauk, what are you going to do? So they should be able to run the football a lot better. This offense should be a lot better. And let's not forget, you, got, you, still, have, you still have one of the premier duos in football at the outside receiver position in Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans. That should be a lot better this year. Should be a lot with, with better. With Godwin being healthy. So I just – my thing is, if you can get these two draft classes to, to step up, and what they've sent a message to a lot of guys here in terms of competition, you should get the best out of all these guys, right? You've got an offense, I think, that's going to be much better than last year's offense. This team has a chance to be sneaky good. It has a chance to be. Everybody's saying four or five wins. What does Vegas have them at? Five and a half, I think. I, I don't. I've never saw it that way. There's too much talent on this roster, right. barring just catastrophic injuries, for them to be a four-win team. I just refuse to see that. I still think they're somewhere in that seven to nine range. Yeah, is where my gut is right now. And when you look at the schedule too, the schedule's a little tough. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not yeah. gonna ignore that. That's hard to. It's hard to throw out there. Though. And it's also hard to like. 
again, the offense or how it's going to look because I don't know. I mean, we're, we're trying to figure out what a Dave Canales offense is going to look like. See, there's another big... And we're trying to model it after what we just saw in Seattle or what we saw with, with Shane Waldron before. But who knows? Maybe he has something completely different that he has a way of running it that's gonna, that we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, to me right now, this, the Bucks are one giant wild card at the moment. I agree. Is the way I'll put it. And I'm going down the win totals here. Just keep going. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Keep six and a half. Six and a half. Now how many teams are below them? And what are the teams? Why are they at six and a half and then the Titans are at seven and a half? Weird. Well, we did we did this like this exercise about three weeks ago. Remember, they were 29th on the odds. Yeah, with yeah. just like well, the, after the draft, you know, things usually change. Yeah, so uh, it's not even in descending order. This is stupid. Why do you do it this way? That's freaking dumb. So I see. I would venture to say there's not many teams below them though. I haven't seen one yet. Uh, six and a half. Is anybody lower than six and a half? Indianapolis, the Colts, the Texans. Which I do. I disagree on that one as well. Um, the Texans may surprise some people. Um, yeah, that's it. There you that's go. That's it. They're 30. And the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, so 29. There you go. That's what they think of the Bucks. They think they're in the Cardinals, Texans, and Colts range. I refuse to see that. Refuse to. There's no way. There's no, unless they get a lot of injuries. I think they're really – I think a lot of people are, are saying and pointing to – Okay, how many games did we win last year? Eight games, and half of those were because of what? Tom Brady comebacks. I think people are logically trying <laughs> to make it that simple and go, Tom Brady was worth half of your wins because of the late-game comebacks where he turned on Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom, that's that's Tom the Brady, way I look at that. I, you know how I look at it? What? Tom Brady was why you lost ten games. All right, enough. <laughs> I shouldn't have even brought his name up today on the show. It's true, though. But that's how I look it's at how true. they're. But that's what I'm saying, though. Your I think that's how they're interpreting it. Horrible. But there you were so many points a game. I know that. I'm just saying there's so many other factors that people that make these predictions I, I don't think are taking into that's account. That's such a dumb way to look at it. It is, but I think that's honestly people are looking oh, yeah. at it. I, I agree with you. Tom think... Brady was worth four wins because of the comeback. Now you don't have him. Okay, you're just going to lose half those games now. But but nobody looks at the fact that your offense was what twenty sixth or twenty seventh in points scored last yeah. year, and you don't think that it, with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but more Baker Mayfield in this running game. I'm just looking at the OC honestly. It, it, I get the OC being gone. Right, right. To me, that's the biggest right. thing that I think that if they have a chance to be better on offense this year than last year, you know, is they don't have get competent me wrong. coaching. Tom Brady was. I'm not saying that it was all Brady's fault. I'm going to get back into this thing. What I'm saying, it was the whole thing was so dysfunctional. It was completely dysfunctional. Yeah, and Brady if, wasn't Brady because and of for, all what, the crap for whatever going you on. want to say, whose fault it was more, all right. the dysfunction all together it. has been exiled you from the building. Points a game with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as your outside receivers. Come it's on, true. Yeah, it is come true. on. You you got. Yeah, They're so, going to be better yeah, this year. So you've exiled Brady and, and Leftwich and all the other people that were a part of it that, went, that it went wrong. They're all out of the build. Donovan Smith, take those pieces out of it. You added some other guys in. There's uncertainty there. But it's, just, it's still a weird statement to say out loud that you think the offense could be better this year. It is a weird statement to say, I but I, I think it is a thing. But you really, when you break it down, it's got to be better. It's got to be better just in terms of the, the, 
the predictability of the offense. When you're in the NFL and the other team knows what you're doing on a on an eighty five to ninety percent basis, you got no chance. And they're laughing about and it. You're laugh they're <laughs> laughing at the sound. They're doing the same thing we saw. It's like they're laugh that was literally the audio from defenders coming yeah. off the field against the Buccaneers. Yeah. You can't play that way in the NFL. You just can't. There has to be some deception of some sort. Uh, but we'll see. I, I'm, I'm just so excited for this season to start. Not that they're going to win a Super Bowl, just to see what it's like. Just to see a quarterback I mean, they're in run the, around. They're in the division hunt. Yeah, they, that's they are the other in, thing. They're in the that's division the hunt. Thing. How many years? And I know it's there's an asterisk on it to an extent, but how many years have we, again, don't take it for granted right. with this franchise. Right. How many years can we continue to say we're going into the season with a chance to win the division? Not many. <laughs> not many. But you cannot, you cannot. Unfortunately, they do have to play that first place schedule when they're not a first place team. No, that's, that's but not a lot going of their favor. teams are, are changed, have changed a lot. So. I think the division's gotten a lot better, actually, this offseason. Oh, it has. Oh, it definitely has. And, and I yeah. tell you, the team that continues to grow on me in the division is Atlanta. Yeah. In fact, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. I, we haven't talked about the Rays at all. What are you doing, Mr. Mister Rays? You're the one that's supposed to be driving You're this conversation. Of, I'm in charge of this show. Well, you can, are you kidding me? You can, you know, do whatever you want on this show, pretty much. We got much. football talk. We had a lot of football talk. All right. So, yeah, I do, I do want to – and we're going to have on this week, we're going to get Dave Archer on. We'll get Neighbors on for the Saints. We'll get our Carolina guy on. So, we're going to go through all the divisional, see how they did in the draft. But we could just take a quick look anyway um, and talk some Rays as well. Lots more to come here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Stay with us. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show as we roll on through on this Tuesday. Thanks to uh, the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source. It's Mother's Day coming up. What are you going to get your mom? Oh, you already got your list. She helped me out tremendously. Hey, moms, listen to this. This, this is, is what you need to do. Number one, reminding me when, uh, when is Mother's Day because I just, I just didn't, wasn't on my radar, to May be 15th. honest. Yeah, May right. 15th. Yeah. But sending me a long list in paragraph form via a text of all the exact things she would like done around her home. No presents. Just no presents. The gift of service. Just stop by and provide your service. Yeah. Please. See, this takes all the guesswork out of it for us guys, okay? You know exactly what you need to get or do, and everybody's happy. There you go. You know, this, so you, it's so the you guesswork. Don't, you don't have to be... The guy that's going into Dollar Tree right. on on nine a.m. on May fifteenth. If you're going to Dollar Tree on Mother's Day, it's not going to work. You out are well down for tremendously you. bad. You are. It is not working out well for you. And you are. And you are not giving your mother the requisite respect that she deserves. I will ask you this though: If you're buying a card for any reason at all, oh, Dollar are you Street. totally against Dollar Tree no. or like one of those people like, oh, Dollar Tree? No, there's a lot of things that you should only get at the Dollar Tree. Like a plunger. A plunger. A plunger. There you go. It's not much. There's not much technology to it. You don't have to have get one from, you know, sharper image that costs $150. Literally. Yeah. You know, it's a freaking plunger, you know, like um, air freshener for the bathroom. Yeah. It's a dollar. You got to have it in there. We definitely got to have it in there. It's a dollar. Uh, toilet paper. Toilet paper. Any paper products. Yes, dollar store. As long as you get the two ply, make sure I'm it's not, the two ply. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call a timeout there. <laughs> no. You can't get the sink. Don't get the single ply. There's, they have two ply at, uh, no. at, at the dollar not store. Not at the Dollar Tree. They do, I, but I'm not. I'm not buying it from the Dollar Tree. Why not? It's the same stuff. It ain't happening. It's the same stuff. Yeah, I'll get like laundry detergent at the Dollar Tree all yeah. day. Yeah, and the and the little pods. Yeah, don't and fall all that. into the Tide thing. Why do people pay three times as much for Tide? It ain't that much better. You have the little pods. Any Tide product. Like if tied like it's, I could give a I could give a rip. No, I I don't care. Is it that much better than gain? No. Or, or what's the what's the one at Dollar Tree? Did it's I the get purple Bogo bottle? all the time? Yeah, I get, yeah. <laughs> Smells good, right? Yeah. No, there's that. No, cards are good. Cards to me always got to be bought at Dollar. If you're spending, if I turn around on a card someone gave me and, and I see like six I see six ninety nine. Like on, I'm offended. What are we doing? I'm offended that you spent that much right. money on a freaking card. That I'm just going to go shove somewhere in a, on my drawer and never look at it. Because you had to go to Walmart. And by the way, and what's much more important is what you put in the card. 
not what some stranger wrote That's on the, other the thing. card. If you get a card, general rule. Yeah. If I get a card and there's nothing in there, what are we doing here? Especially if, and here's the other thing: if you spent the extra, you know, two ninety, so it's now eight ninety five, and it pops up and it comes out at you. Yeah, or it makes a noise thing, or something. Some origami BS coming at me like, oh no, no, what are you doing? That's insulting. Give me a, a plain card, but then write something heartfelt inside of it. I want your words. I don't want some 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 AI co- computer generated card that I'm paying eight ninety five because it's got a nice little glossy. I'm, thing I'm on just it. saying. What are you saying? I don't to care me? what the card looks like. Just make sure you throw a little Jeffy in there. <laughs> Je- Jeffy, just a little Jeffy in there. Really? So it's just about cash money? Are you the guy that opens a card like this? When I was see going, what falls out? when I was going through the uh, when I was going through all the cards after our uh, after we got back from our honeymoon, that was me. That was me. I told Casey, I said, I want to open up all the cards. Why? And I was flying through them, just like, here we go, passing the the money along. That was my role. <laughs> That's all I really cared about. You didn't read a one. I read. No, you didn't. Some people have horrible handwriting. If you write in cursive, I'm not taking the time to read it. <laughs> I always write in cursive. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I forgot to say this, by the way. What? This just reminds me. I meant to say this. This happened, like, when the wedding was. Remember whenever we had a Bible? I don't know if you even knew this. You had to write something at the wedding in a book? Yeah. I don't know if you knew that it was a Bible, but you wrote a curse word in our Bible. I did? You did. Well, yeah, I probably did. That was a Bible? Yes. I didn't realize it because it was open to a page where you write on it. I'm just trying to be funny. It was a Bible. Oh, whoops. And now we forever have your note and pen where you wrote a little curse word on there in our Bible. And I meant to bring that up after the wedding, and I forgot to. And I'm reminded of it now. I didn't know But it's it was so on brand, though. It is on brand. It is on brand. Damn it. It is on brand. I think you wrote something like, enjoy your honeymoon, then get your ass back to work, I yeah. think is what you put. Yeah. So well, there's a lot worse in the Bible. Trust me, it's a lot worse than ass in the Bible. I can tell you that right now. Anywho, um, the Rays. The Rays, yeah. So we got a series coming with the Pirates. A lot of interesting stories here. I did Derek Shelton, who was the not hitting coach here for many years. <laughs> I'm just thinking right now. Derek Shelton reminds me of Big Dog. Because I, I hear many a times where he would go off on Derek Shelton after like a weekend where the Rays would score three runs. <laughs> the best, the Monday monologue on Derek Shelton. Yeah, yeah, it's like like it was his fault. <laughs> Maybe you think it has something to do with the, our payroll is like twenty cents. Derek, hey Derek, you're the hitting coach. Go make these guys that nobody else wanted be able to hit a ninety eight mile an hour fastball. Like it's his fault, you know. Oh my God. He did. He he got the wrath from Big Dog, like the Derek show. You know, because we all love. Uh, was it who was the manager then? Rothschild? No, it no, was that was Joe Madden. Was, Joe, was it Joe Joe Madden? No, 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 it was Kevin Cash. I take that back. No, it Kevin was, Cash has been around for a long time. That was Kevin 2010 Cash. 2010 to 2016. No, Derek Shelton. I know this was like 2017. I'll fact check it, but I know I swear like this was like 2017. Fact check it. I'll fact check it. I think you're wrong. But anyway. I think you're so, wrong. So, he is, so he's coming in. G-Man Choi I, is coming oh, I'm back. I'm wrong. Damn it. What was it? 2010 to 2016. Oh, I was spot on once again. <laughs> so, once okay, again. well, it was two years of Kevin Cash, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. Once again, I'm spot on. There you go. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, it, it's, hitting coaches, if hitting coaches made a difference, Wade Boggs would have been the greatest hitting coach ever. Like, you know, it just, like, it, you can't, it, it's hard to teach guys to hit mm-hmm. if they can't hit. 
it's it's just weird. It's not there's not there's not a whole lot that a hitting coach can do. Especially like, you know, if they're not paying attention to what you're saying, Randy Arosa. Well, why are the Rays all of a sudden like hitting the lights <coughs> out of everything? Listen, Chad Matola. I mean, did Chad Matola get stupid last year? No, but I mean, there's been a lot of tweaks to guys' swings though this year, like extra things that yeah. have paid off. Like well, Rayleigh you made they a... tweak some swings last year. I'm it's sure just, they I... do stuff every year until you kind of find the right formula. I just have a hard time, you know, from what I've, because I've, I ask players this all the time, I've asked hitting coaches all the time. It's like, how much difference can you make? And it's like, you know, it just depends on the situation. If a guy's struggling with a certain type of pitch and you can point it out and, and tell them where they're pitching you and how they're pitching you, mm-hmm. that's good coaching. And they can, that can help you get out of your slump. But, you know, if you can't hit a high fastball because you're just, you're, your hands aren't quick enough, ain't nothing a hitting coach going to be able to do to help you out with that. Right? I mean, load earlier. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, there's not a whole lot you can do. So I don't know. I don't put a whole lot of, um, it's not, you can, you can help what you can, but it pretty much is on the hitters. He's doing good right now, though, for the Pirates, who, again, other than the Rays, the Rays are not even the greatest story in baseball anymore. I don't, just in general, like they're 23 and 6, they're not the greatest story. The Pittsburgh Pirates being the number one team in the NL, TJ hit that on the spot. Who, who had Pirates and Rays? A first round series at on May second at the Trop. Yeah, the like, first place series. Yeah. Dare I say I'm looking more forward to this series than I am a Yankee series that's coming right after it. Like I know we're joking about that, but I actually kind of mean it. Yeah, I'm interested to see them against this Pirates team. And G Man Choi's not going to play because he is injured. That sucks. Um, Javi Guerra gets the open today with uh, Fleming coming in because we know Fleming can't start for whatever reason. <laughs> He's just got to come in in the second or third inning, so that's good. Um, and by the way, we didn't even talk about this because we were all up in the lightning and bucks last year. Wander Franco's barehanded catch wins the play of the week. That thing, that was unbelievable. That, I, that was insane. <laughs> I remember why we were at the, that was right in the middle of a lightning game. Yeah. And so everybody was like huddling around the Rays TV and the Chase Club. But you got to see this. You got to see this. And I'm like, see what? And I'm like, oh, this great catch. And I'm like, and I'm watching it. I'm like, is he going to catch that ball? And just full speed. Just reach out and grab it. Very Kevin Mitchell-esque. Very. Yeah, that was insane. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to watching some Rays baseball tonight Yeah. and um, settling in and, and watching these guys rake the, I know. the and, pit, and, Pittsburgh. And I saw two over this weekend with Chicago. I mean, even some of the guys who were struggling. Isak Paredes in this series against Chicago, two hits or more in all four games. So he's gotten going. Luke Rayleigh, two home runs. How about Taylor Walls? You want to find the most unexpected of unexpected on this Rays team, I think I'm going to point to Taylor Walls. Yeah. Four for five the other day. He's hitting 302 right now. He's got four home runs. Playing some great defense. Playing excellent defense. I mean, and the big guys are doing the big guys. I mean, Randy Rosarena, is he the MVP of the American League right now? Yeah. Uh, buddy uh, Chris, the bartender in the Chase Club, has got a 250 to one. It's a good bet betting right. slip on it's him. It's a great bet right now. Yeah, you can win some I mean, it's to the jack. point where they played a game without Juan DeFranco and without Yandy Diaz, and they still scored nine runs. Like, we, this, this offense is just so deep right now. Right. No, absolutely. And that's, that's what's so hard to, to pitch against. We always talked about, you know, they were so easy to um, – it was so easy to pitch around Wander or anybody that was hot in this lineup last year that it just kind of snowballed the other way. All right, so I put on Twitter, um, if you guys want to go play in the Raymond James Top Golf thing, um, to give me a thought on the Bucks draft. So let's, let's review some of these and see which ones you like and maybe pick one out for, to give the tickets to. Um, 
Let me see here. Uh, interesting graphic, too, that they came up with. A dude in, in bell-bottom jeans with a terrible swing hitting a golf ball yeah, into Raymond swing. James Stadium. Come on now. Look at that. Isn't that a weird image to be at, like a top guy? It's, you know, for the hipsters. Um, Matty Zepp says, good draft, but it, will it even matter with Bowles as the head coach? Oh, shots fired by Matty. I'm Matty. sold. I'm right there. I'm sold. I'm not. I might. I'm not hating on it. All right, let's listen to the. Um, in Tom, we trust pronouns. Says we didn't draft anyone from the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Has that been a thing in the past? I don't recall one Arkansas State Red Wolf. Yeah, I mean, maybe I missed it. I missed the reference, man. Maybe it went over my head, but I'm sorry. Devin Gar- Garnett says not sexy, but needed. That's a fair assumption. I, I think I like that's, a fair, that. that's a fair way to put it. Uh, I like that. These drafts have not been very sexy the last three years now. What would be your comp on this draft if you were saying for for a female <laughs> in out, out in the ether sphere here? That's a weird question to answer. Like, what would be your comp on not sexy but <laughs> like a girl that uh, you know is not sexy but. <laughs> I, you don't I, want to go there, I don't do even you? know where Married even. I, I, I don't. On, I don't have a good answer for that. Think on that for a little bit. Um, um, I, I kind of like Maddie's. I kind of like Maddie's. I do, too, because he, he gives me a nice question to ponder on, too. Yeah. I, let me see. Let's see Maddie's. Uh, let's see what his. Uh, he's FGCU Sports Management 23. Uh, oh, a fellow, a fellow eagle right there. Yeah. Kinda, I'm sold. Kind of like this dude. All right, Maddie, you're the winner. And Devin, um, you come in second. So stand by. We may we may make you um we'll, we'll contact you and get your information. Uh so I will DM you. I I gotta follow there, Maddie. Oh, I'm already following Maddie. That's good. I know I'm following Devin, so I'll get to I'll DM you guys and, and get you some see if we can get you some tickets for this Raymond James thing. By the way, tickets are still available if you want to get out there, um, Go to uh, Ticketmaster. Just uh, I, I tweeted it out, so you can go right on the tweet and hit that and get to the uh, the tickets on Top Golf Live. Top Golf Live May fourth through the seventh at Raymond James Stadium, where you get to hit golf balls into the pirate ship. That's what I'd be doing. I'd just be taking out a four iron and just aiming for a cannon, just try to whack one off the cannon. They got They must have to put up nets on all over everything. Yeah, I would assume it'd be like nets all over. I can't wait to see this. This is going to be this is going to be really cool. So you can still get your tickets. Top Golf Live at Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be a great vibe. It's going to be lots of fun. So uh, check it out. All right, you want to read some of the um, uh, some of our comments from our our loyal listeners here today? Yeah, let me go through here. Let's get my uh, my glasses on here. Uh, expecting this talking about the pirate series here again. G Man Choi not playing, but expecting a G Man Choi chant tonight. You already know it. We better have a G Man Choi chant. Uh, better get a video and a ovation. I absolutely agree with that. I miss G Man Choi. You miss G Man Choi? Of course. Just the energy he brought. That lovable big pork chop. I love that guy. Yeah, I know Lonnie's in the comments here. Lonnie, I think you went to some of the White Sox games this weekend and. You you are one brave man to go watch that baseball team play right now. Which one? Huh? Which one? The White Sox. Yeah, that's right too. Absolutely horrendous. What I the hell is Lonnie talking about? What? Back that up. Back that ass up, Rikishi. Oh, that's stuff. when that's when you were talking about uh, Kalijah's Kalijah's trunk. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
Let me ask you a question here. Do you know who Rikishi is? I do not know. Of course. Is that, is that, a, is that a red, another wrestling reference? Yeah, it is. <coughs> well, then you're supposed to, like, answer these people. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Look, you want to see Rikishi's trunk? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, I me, guess. I is get it a girl it. or a guy? <laughs> Jeez. What, is it, I don't know. Is it, a, is it a girl or a guy? This, it's a man. I can't then confirm. No, that's a, I, then that's a that's a big fat no. I don't want to see some rest. Some you want to see this? This was his finishing move, or not his finishing move, but his signature, the stink face. <laughs> Put that thing. Come on, dog. Come on. Come. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This what? is what you get excited about in sports. Look at this. Some guy putting his ass in some other guy's face called the stink face, and this is supposed to be entertainment. That's uh, that's. See, this is this this is what this is what you guys go gaga over. This thing right here? What are you, five? I was five when he was doing this. Okay, yeah. but you're not five anymore, and you still love it. Look, here's What Vin- is wrong with Look, you? Look, here's The Rock putting Vince McMahon's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it is funny. Come on, it's The Rock putting Vince McMahon's face in this man's ass. How old are you people? You're grown-ass <laughs> men, and this is, this is your entertainment? It's funny. It is funny, but you had to you had to see. I'm it. not paying five hundred dollars for WrestleMania tickets or whatever the hell you people pay to go see some man stick another man's ass face in his ass. What are you, what are you guys talking about? My, and you act like it's a real sport too. Oh yeah, was that in the playbook? Maybe the maybe the Bucks should put that in the offensive playbook. The Rikishi stink face or whatever the hell you call it. The stink face. <laughs> what are you doing? This proves my point. This proves my point. Oh, here I am talking about guys, you know, I got to get you. Raw's coming to, to Tampa, like, I think later this month. I got to get you there. Who is? Raw is coming to Tampa. I've been, I went to one, and I, I, I got the backstage tour. Saw all the guys reading their scripts. No, aren't you special? Yeah, it's great. And I, I, honestly, my take my take on the whole thing was, are y'all going to wrestle? Because all he did was stay, stay in the ring and talk the whole time. I was like, are you, is anybody going to wrestle at any point no. here? Are we, is somebody going to get thrown around? Are we going to get the Dusty Rhodes coming off the turnbuckle? Because all y'all do is talk. We're telling stories. We're setting up matches. Yeah, but it took forever. It's like, no, it was nonstop talking. I'm like, I, what do I, come, I could go down to the church to get this. What are we doing here? I want somebody coming off a turnbuckle, taking off a head. And then we're talking we about... Go, come on, we could yeah, go... We're, we're, we're could building go, up a love interest. You could go see Dusty's son and everything. You do the whole thing. Uh, um, let's get back to some sports. Any options you might consider for QB3 on the roster next year? Uh, God, I haven't even gone through what's out there. I be believe they honest. brought in one of their undrafted free agents. Yeah, I did see they signed some from an arm. In, I think it might have been Incarnate Wood. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah, Might have been Incarnate Wood, but I mean, God, still... we got the all name team then. I mean, we're all over the map. Servassier Incarnate. Incarnate. <laughs> and what else? What else? And Yaya. 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 And Kalijah. 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 Malk. Richie P. State the obvious. Darden couldn't get to. How did that guy stay in the league for two years? Is he still in the league? I mean, I, it, it's just unbelievable. The guy just ran to the sideline. He might be my least favorite buck of all time, and I have a lot of competition for that. You told me Jose Ramirez, the Tampa Bay 
I'd have thought the Rays finally made a big trade. Oh, I see did what you, you did, did you there. Did you see the Bucks messed up on Twitter with that? No, what did they do? The Bucks posted the graphic like, welcome to Tampa Bay, Jose Ramirez, and they put the picture of Jose Ramirez, the, in, oh, the Guardian uniform. Somebody, no, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Oh, an intern screwed it and up. The, the, the Guardian said like, like, no, you can't have him. Oh, I did not see that. You didn't That's see that? funny. Yeah, it was a little funny, a little moment That's there. That's funny. Whoops. Got to watch those social media people. Uh, what else we got? Outside of you guys, I'm sure, I'm sure there's enough talk being made about the Syracuse running back, Sean Tucker. I guess his heart ailment is a real deal. Yeah, that's a... I, I, I think he's going to compete for meaningful snaps, man. I mean, he's just got to beat out Laird, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Chase Edmonds. Mm. I mean, he should... He should. He, I mean, that's credentials. He, he's able to play in college. You know, I guess you don't want to waste a draft pick on somebody who can't play, but... And Richie P tells you to to Google Dr. Vinny Bombats. I did, and I came away very confused. Uh, okay, what did you come away with? I actually couldn't even describe it. Do you know who Dr. Vinny Bombats is? I, absolutely, I know who Dr. Vinny Bombats <laughs> is. That's Rodney Dangerfield, Johnny Carson, Dr. Vinny Bombats. I don't even know who Rodney Dangerfield is. Oh a conversation my for God. another day. You don't even know who Rodney Dangerfield is. Great you're giving time. me crap about great wrestling. time. It's 